Okay, so um, hello and welcome to the fourth session in our Accessibility Insight series, um, where AbilityNet's Head of Inclusion, Robin Christopherson, hosts a monthly online chat with individuals who are each working to improve digital accessibility and digital inclusion. And this month he's chatting to Bryn Anderson, who is Accessibility Specialist at Sainsbury's. Um, I'm Annie Mannion, I'm Digital Communications Manager at AbilityNet, and I'll be running you through today's session. Um, so just to go through a few bits of housekeeping, um, we've got live captions on the webinar provided by um, Heather at MyClearText, so thank you Heather. You can turn them on um, using the closed caption option on the control panel. Uh, there are also additional live captions via streamtext.net and um, we do have slides available at slideshare.net forward slash abilitynet and um, they're also on our website abilitynet.org.uk forward slash insights dash Sainsbury's and if you have any technical issues and you leave you need to leave early um, don't worry you'll receive an email with the recording transcript and slides in the next few days and depending on how you joined the webinar you'll find a Q&A window um, so if you'd like to ask Bryn or Robin any questions, uh, do drop those in the Q&A area for them to address, um, which they will do after today's session uh, in a follow-up blog on our website. Um, and then finally, we also have a feedback page um, you'll be directed to at the end, which invites you to tell us about any future topics you'd like to cover in our webinars. Um, so please do let us know about that. Um, so now over to Robin and Bryn. Brilliant. Thank you, Annie. So um, hopefully people can see us on the screen. I myself am completely blind, so I'm just taking it on faith that <laughs> we're now on the screen myself. And Bryn, Bryn, thank you very much indeed for uh, agreeing to be subjected yeah. to questions for the next 30 minutes. Um, so yeah, to introduce Bryn, Bryn Anderson, he was formerly of Sight Improve, which was, uh, which is a very sophisticated, automated accessibility checking solution, and he's now with Sainsbury's, mm. and you are an accessibility specialist at Sainsbury's. So, um, first question then: What is your beverage of choice to help you get through this ordeal? I've got a cup of tea here. Cup of tea. I the beverage is already gone, and it was a coffee. Um, are you fortified? Uh, yeah. Um, and I sort of had, to, I was a bit in two minds about it because I, I'm, I'm not, haven't always been a coffee drinker. So I don't really, um, I'm a bit unpredictable with how to handle, how I handle the caffeine. So, uh, oh dear. <laughs> and it's sort of a weird habit of like before, if I get excited, I was getting excited about doing this today. And then in my excitement, I thought I'd add some fuel to the excitement fire by having a so coffee just before. This could go either way. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, but um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so coffee, but it's gone. Well, okay, good. Well, I hope you are sufficiently uh, fortified. So first question then. Um, so you were at Sight Improve, as mm. I mentioned, and that was a relatively small mm. organisation, completely focused on accessibility. And then you go to this enormous uh, you know, national household name, high street name, Sainsbury's. So... How different was that? Was the uh, business case or the argument for accessibility already won when you came? Or is it like an ongoing thing where there are, you know, competing 
priorities in such a massive mm. organization? Um, so I, it's, it, it, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think the, I mean, certainly it's a huge organization. I didn't comprehend the size of it. Um, um, and of course, then the sort of the pace, uh, the, you know, the, the speed that things move is also quite different. Um, some things move really quickly at Sainsbury's, like when we saw with the, with the whole Feed the Nation piece, it was a real, you know, real sort of whirlwind where, you know, we were releasing things in, in quicker than we, than, than we normally do, um, to, uh, just as an example. But I think, but there's a lot of stuff that moves really slowly. And so like change, you know, change management, you know, which is often associated with, with um, bringing or introducing a, an accessibility agenda to a business. However, it was definitely already a big priority before I got there. Um, we have the, so Sainsbury's, the, the, the business that, that also has Argos 2, Habitat, and Nectar, um, Use it has the, the the slogan that it, it wants to be the uh, the most inclusive retailer where people love to work and shop, and that's a sort of top down. You know, there's a sponsor, a director level sponsor, Tim Fallerfield, um, um, sort of who's sort of driving that initiative um, in various ways. So so it it, it and Sightimprove because it sold an accessibility tool, obviously had to sort of walk the walk. Um, but I think Sightproof being a smaller business, it's much easier to do that with with a you know a single website that it replicates for its regions around the world. Um, you know, I mean, it's still no feat for sure, and there were still issues, of course, you know. But but doing that on the scale that is Sainsbury's and all of its brands is 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 a huge huge challenge. You know, even if you have got a top down initiative, right. Um, so they were already bought in to accessibility. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were been fortunate enough to work with Sainsbury's over the years, um, but it's just like on such a huge scale. Yeah, it is, and I think the 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 size of the departments and the collaboration and and who drives what and you know, um, just understanding how a business like that operates um, can take really take some time, you know, um, to 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 really understand who the influencers are and how and 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 how things work you know so um so i think it's it's a where site improvers is a bit more like right we want to do this let's make it happen now sainsbury's like it requires it's a bit of a, a longer game um but but there are some fantastic initiatives already at the business um to kind of drive awareness um and you talked about the sort of competing agenda items and there are there are competing agenda items um for example um you know this month we're celebrating black history month um sainsbury's and we have lots of people coming to talk with us trevor mcdonald and things like that so they get all the you know there's loads and loads and loads of of kind of educational opportunities and accessibility is one of many you know mm -hmm. um which is a good and bad thing, right? <laughs> because we don't want it to be something you need to learn about. It should just be built in to everything. We should all just know about it. But um, unfortunately, society is not quite there yet. But it's definitely not kind of at the bottom of the diversity. A absolutely not. No, yeah. um, I've, I can't think of all of the, um, the diversity, inclusion and diversity uh, 
kind of um, um, well, I can't think what to call them now, strands or or mm-hmm. or, 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 or tracks, mm-hmm. but it, it is it disability is one of those, um, and it's not it's certainly not just a digital initiative. It's um, you know very much extends to our stores and physical environments and things like that. Yeah. Brilliant. Now you mentioned earlier there that it's a, you know, an inclusive place to work and shop. So that implies, you know, that covers the employees and your customers as well. So because it's such a massive organization and there's so many strands to it, how easy is it to keep on top of that? I mean, does, is Sainsbury's a truly inclusive place across all its, you know, Uh customer channels and, internal applications that employees have to use and that you know maybe new applications have been thrust upon them with covid yeah 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 well i think it would be really naive uh to to suggest that well it would be wrong to suggest that we are you know truly inclusive retailer but i think that inclusion being inclusive if inclusion means a hundred percent inclusive to everyone at all times then then i don't think anyone is that and that's not making any organization of any size yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) so but i think um the the uh in terms of like the whole the both our colleague colleagues colleague facing applications and customer facing applications and you know checkout tills and all that stuff no i don't think everything is inclusive and and there's things that we know about and there's things that we don't know about um and i think there are i think it, it i don't want to get too sort of existential and upside down but but i was thinking about this beforehand and and just i think like inclusion it's a bit of a it's a funny thing isn't it it's almost like a contradiction it, or there are so many contradictions within the the idea of of inclusion and um, in that, in practice, it's it's specialist knowledge. So it's kind of like exclusive knowledge. You need, in order to be inclusive, you need to be exclusive first to understand what it means, um, and then somehow through some education, um, then everyone will all, all, all of a sudden kind of get it, and it will just be included in their in everything they they do. Um, and it isn't. It's just. I mean, with if you think about, you know all of the different uh, departments and and, um, and teams within them going out and buying maybe third-party solutions for things or um, just executing on their roadmaps. It, we do not have, you know, with the 100, 200 different product teams across, across the business, we don't have an accessibility specialist embedded in each one of those teams, you know. Um, and, and I think you'd be, I can't, I don't know of an organization that would have that approach. So, it, so it's the so there there's willingness. There's there's uh, a lot of people who are open to it and they want to learn more, and they come to me for support with things, you know. But on on the ground, like it, until it is a mainstream part of of education in general, and so and it's not a taboo in society, it, there'll always be a leaky bucket for sure. Yeah, I mean, it is a work in progress, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is. And as <laughs> you know, systems change, as circumstances change, as um, senior management change or whatever, yeah. you know, there are, it's definitely something that it's not a destination that you'll ever get to. But I mean, I, you know, mentioned earlier, we have been working with Sainsbury's. We know mm. that Sainsbury's have 
prioritized accessibility or digital inclusion over the years. Yeah. So um, certainly compared to, to some other um, supermarkets, for example, um, have you kind of got the impression or have hard evidence that that level of inclusion that you achieved pre-COVID, you know, stood you in good stead to, um, you know, deliver services, you know, this massive spike in online yeah. shopping, et cetera, you know, to your customers, were you well prepared? Well, it's a really big question um, that um, I think the if we take the business as a whole, we were well prepared in that a lot of people understand what inclusion and accessibility is. You know, um, our drivers, you know, pre-COVID would make exceptions for people helping them carry their shopping, you know, on the on the delivery front. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and like you mentioned, we, we've had an accessibility agenda for some time. Um, so... I was reporting on stats, iOS stats, um, in the build-up to COVID uh, about font font scaling, right? So, mm -hmm. what, how many out of all the sessions? What is the percentage of of, of sessions that are being completed with a larger font setting? And it was thirty percent of all wow. of our iOS sessions, wow. which is huge, right? So, and so there's that sort of knowledge already there, so we knew. That actually, I beg your pardon, it was around 27. It went up to 30 from March, April, May, um, which is also very interesting, right? Um, but I, I think, so there was all this, there, there is knowledge and there's understanding there. Um, but that, but trying to, but then my knowledge is different from, you know, the next guy's knowledge and, and her knowledge and his knowledge. So having a concise message and all agreeing on you know the language of accessibility and what we should say and when we should say it, you know that wasn't really there. That structure I don't think was there. You know, um, and I think I'm talking really about the nuances within the within this within this subject matter. Um, and I think a, a really good example of that is like disability. You know, what what is a disability? How do you define disability? How do you identify people who identify themselves as having a disability and so on you know it's a it's a really fraught area <laughs> in, i mean we've almost been asked sense. to put ourselves into buckets you know i am vulnerable. yeah oh I i'm i'm sufficiently disabled yeah <laughs> and a lot of people more people have come forward i'm i'm visually impaired and and i you know born with albinism and, and never certainly didn't identify as, as as someone who was disabled and I think that's a lot down to my parents right um mm -hmm. despite being treated differently and so on by other kids and schools and institutions blah 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 but I find myself you know identifying with that more and more because it it actually during that especially during this sort of pandemic it actually really carried some weight you know um mm -hmm. and the, the, the topic accessibility disability you know it was really mainstream you know we were having we're on tech huddles and digital huddles 600 people or whatever you know on these calls and and you know accessibility disability is like right up there top of the agenda so it was an incredible thing in that respect mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that people understand it right do you know what i mean like it just just because it's being talked about it doesn't it mean that everyone understands thing. it it's not like a check, you know, a little 10 point. No, it's not. And even absolutely. I mean, even just the whole, the different models of, 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 of disability, right. Um, of, you know, medical or social and, and so on, you know, how people talk about it. Um, 
it, it sort of I feel like there's a debate every around every corner there's a potential sort of lesson and a debate right <laughs> so I mean it's an ongoing um journey mm. and you know the the challenge for everyone within organizations for whom you know they're an accessibility champion or you know passionate about it to maintain that level of prioritization and resources mm. and, and COVID's definitely helped you know um the demographic as you mentioned has has shifted towards online there they have you know less uh, proportionately less digital skills um they need more support that sort of thing so what do you see as kind of being mm. a really good um or being the you know strands of the solution going forward to make sure that organizations continue to prioritize you know is it yeah. giving the law more more teeth is it carrying right, on yeah. kind of winning the business case you know mobile equals extreme computing so actually this is going to help every user yeah um more ai yeah use of automated checking tools mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I a really good one. I don't know how long we've got, but I'll uh, I'll try and sum up there. But uh, some summing something up. Basically, um, I think uh, okay, the legal thing. You know, hard to say that wouldn't have an impact on on raising awareness and and you know people trying to do something about it. But I'm not sure that it encourages the right type of behaviour. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely encouraging a compliance checkbox mm -hmm. approach. Um, but still, you know, I definitely wouldn't cast it aside. Um, the AI is a big question. We question mark about that. Um, so maybe we can come back to that one. I have some thoughts about that. But um, but ultimately, you know the we it's only as good as the people who program it right so you know i i think that or, or at least my limited understanding of machine learning and ai so ideally we wouldn't be wouldn't have to worry about educating people who come in to engineers who come into the business that an engineering role in the future would be different and it wouldn't be about adding aria labels to things it would be just uh, I don't know what it would be they're testing or, or, or checking that things were, were working as opposed to having to have all of this specialist knowledge right mm -hmm. so maybe AI checking can help the, the AI is doing its job yeah exactly yes yeah, <laughs> somehow yeah I don't know making sure that I yeah exactly god those it's a very futuristic image I have in the sort of control room <laughs> but um, um, the the other piece I think the biggest piece and and I think companies like Sainsbury's have a massive opportunity here like Microsoft as well other large corporates to really utilize the workforce um, to leverage you know their voice uh, uh, as as people with disabilities we know that we have huge amount of our workforce we have 190,000 employees you know and we know that a lot of them have impairments so I think there, there's a lot of grassroots stuff I think a lot really happens at that level. We have a, a network called the Enable Network. Um, it's um, sponsored by Tim Fallowfield and uh, and and chaired by a lady called Beth Hartley, um, and um, who who is deaf, by the way. Um, and that group is really about connecting colleagues across the business, and there's different departments. So we've got people in logistics now talking to designers in my team about colleague applications and I think that it's though we're so we're enabling conversations 
with people, which is in turn education, gives people a voice, it raises awareness. And there's of course the most important thing, which is sort of this education piece. And, and I think you could probably relate to this, you know, like that you can talk about theoretically about someone with like a cognitive impairment or dyslexia or whatever but it's when someone with dyslexia comes and says when I try and do this on your application it really doesn't work then that's where the education happens so I think leveraging so within big organizations leveraging the workforce the voice of the workforce and you know in in society really encouraging people to come forward and, and talk about being disabled and what that means you know um Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, leveraging the, the diverse workforce to provide valuable input and to formalize that, you know, to have focus groups or to have some um, employees that are happy to have test uh, versions sent out to them on a regular yeah. basis as part of their kind of Absolutely. 20%, but, you know, what, where they have the flexibility to do things other than the day job. And to have lived experiences, as they call it, which yeah. is you, know, you and I having the disability to actually yeah. make it real. Yeah, no, when but, we... Sorry, Robin, I, I just, I, I think that all, it, I just, absolutely. And it's all, it is all about that. But I think that the reason that can exist in a business is because you have a kind of policy initiative goal for top down, from the top down in the first place. I think it's very hard to kind of do that sort of almost sort of guerrilla style, you know, underground revolution, you know what I mean, approach. Um, so everything, every time we have a meeting, every time we connect a colleague to a colleague, it's always under the banner of, well, after all, we want to be the most inclusive retailer where people love to work and shop. So you better turn up, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. No, you. no, you're absolutely right. It's I mean, coffee. that's where you know initiatives like the Valuable Five Hundred that Caroline yeah. Casey is championing. You know, to make sure that there's sea level buy-in um, uh, for disability, not to forget disability in the kind of um, festival of diversity. You know, it's kind of the one that's forgotten about over BAME and uh, LGBTQ and all these different things. You know, but um, yeah, to keep it on people's agenda to make sure that it's on the agenda of every board meeting that sort of thing because if you don't have that buy-in at that level then you can't get kind of the the right messaging the right um yeah. resourcing of everyone you know the, the network of champions within organization and ideally even everybody having at least awareness mm. of the of the concepts of it yeah so Absolutely. ai then mm. um, so used to work for site improve um, mm. there are other automated checking tools out there yeah they're a long way from being able to, for example, know what a piece of JavaScript does. Yes. So, yeah. you know, do you ever see um, the replacement of kind of manual manual auditing that AbilityNet does um, by kind of smart mm. automated large scale checkers? There, there are a few, yeah, <laughs> there's a few interesting things. I think in terms of like executing JavaScript, I don't, don't believe that that is a problem or hasn't been a problem for for a couple of years um but but you know a kind of script like testing a scripted flow for example um we've done a bit of that using cypress and dq's uh, axcore um which i believe uh, google lighthouse and um microsoft insights use um it's the, the engine there yeah um, so that's kind of making the the testing the, the kind of audit the scanning process more uh automated and clever yeah i suppose it, yeah exactly yes it, it, it but it, it i mean 
you can't um so i'll be announcing a dashboard that we've been we've built in my team the lunar guidelines team um so we build the uh build and maintain the um the design system the sainsbury's design system which is called lunar and anyway we've built this dashboard that monitors a few pages of of each of our you know our, our sort of main um customer facing brands and obviously i will caveat that by saying you know Automation's great for for doing you know top of the funnel stuff, uh, mm. but it it can't, well not even it, it's not necessarily top of the funnel. It can't do these types of things. It can't test uh, if every task can be completed with the keyboard, for example. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I don't. I think we're a long way from that. And I think that if there are businesses out there that that are claiming like compliance. Um, like I've seen some some JavaScript overlay businesses out there. I don't want to name names, but um, but there are solutions out there that this sort of remediation solution where oh you know we'll we'll br bring you 100% compliance. All you need mm -hmm. to do is pay us a grand a month or whatever. Um, I mean, completely limited solutions. Um, they're yeah. band aid solutions, and there's nothing clever about them. There's engineers behind them, mm -hmm. you know, hard coding those fixes for that particular version. You release something, it will break. You know, yeah. um, so long way so, from yeah, that. It it really needs to come from the content creators, developers, rather than retrofitting, where the kind of onus, the responsibility, has moved away from the people that are developing the solutions to those who can kind of scan it and tweak it and stuff, which, you know, that's not, that's not the ideal scenario. No, it, it, there's too many, it's too many cooks in the whole process, you know, and, and that's one of the biggest problems is that, you know, we can't, not everyone has the same level of knowledge. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? We, we, and, and we can't, yet we're all equally responsible. It, I was, I was, I'm maybe not making it super clear, but I think going back, I was saying something about there's a lot of contradictions in this whole concept of wanting to be inclusive. And I just feel that it, it's a huge challenge and a huge education piece. Mm -hmm. And for all the parts of the ecosystem that, you know, accessibility touches. Um, so ironically, it's kind of hard to be inclusive without a specialist at the moment, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah. Until, yeah, until the solutions become really embedded in in the day job of, of every individual and that can kind of do a bit of hand-holding to a certain extent. I mean, the accessibility checker in office, I think it's a really good example. It's a shame it's not surfaced by default, but um, uh, yeah, I think yeah. we'll get there with tools, we'll get there with training. Um, and COVID has helped, I think, that yeah, you know, focus the mind and make uh, organizations realize that that digital needs to be inclusive. Otherwise, there will be problems. Great, so we, we're coming towards the end. Anything you want to, anything else we haven't covered um, before I ask for a comment about what to pass on to the next uh, mm. guest? Um, I, would, I would just like to, um, to uh, give a shout out actually to Catherine Moonham, um, yeah. who was my predecessor um, and- <laughs> yeah how was she yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i think she said said something about all those audits that she'd done wasn't keen on going back to those yeah. <laughs> but yeah no she um catherine's been very inspirational for me and she really helped me along with with my sort of uh introduction to sainsbury's and everything and um was part of uh, an initiative that sainsbury's ran last year um 
which was a tax resize pledge um, to make sure to to uh, ensure that all of our products, uh, our, our applications would would scale and work on on larger font settings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very a hugely challenging thing to achieve a business like that of that size. Um, and I think it's a real testament to her ability to. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a sort of there's a sort of politicking element, right? Absolutely, you've got to win hearts and minds internally. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So, Absolutely. just want to give her a shout out for sure. Yeah, um, she's a star. <laughs> Speaking of which, so yeah. last month, Paul Smith <laughs> mm. of Barclays. Speaking of stars, yeah, legends. Yeah. So he had a uh, a comment to pass on, which was basically to say that it's super important for people that feel passionate about accessibility about digital inclusion mm. and have a level of knowledge expertise to kind of go out there into the community you know to network to join the specialist groups that are out there i'm thinking iaap for example yeah. will be local ones as well and and to kind of share the wealth basically mm. so that can kind of have a groundswell of um awareness and and knowledge in this area so uh, anything to comment on that and anything you want to pass on mm. to our next guest, who that's Chris Patno, he's head of accessibility at Google. Yeah, Next serious week. chap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't met him. Um, I'd love to meet him, though. Um, yeah, very cool. I, I should be tuning in for that one for sure. Um, I think the in regards to Paul, I, I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like there's there is a. a you know, some kind of responsibility and, you know, for people with knowledge to share it. Definitely that I, I kind of feel that that's, that should be a given. Um, but I think there's also an onus on people that have disabilities to come forward about them. And I know that mm-hmm. that's, that is also a bit fraught and challenging. There's a lot of shame around, you know, ex- uh, disability and, and so on. And, and, you know, people just don't even know, you know, we, we've got colleagues talking about, getting their diagnosis in their late 20s 30s for autism mm. and things like that so mm. i just i feel that the real the, that's where the magic happens when you get the masses talking about i mean if we if we let's put the 20 percent to the test you know if it's really 20 percent, i mean that is an is a massive massive minority of of people right mm. if if we're talking about a, a population which essentially a business like sainsbury's serves so and if you had mental health on top of that which yeah 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 or uh you know people are are more willing to come forward on that as well so yeah yeah so i think that 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 it yes of course me and you should be talking about it in in more in sort of other contexts but i've really if there's some way to encourage people who just struggle to come forward and say yes i have this type of problem Mm -hmm. um count me in then uh, you know and um uh yeah in, for for your next guest um i think everyone a lot of people know uh, the term ai and definitely know uh, that google are doing a lot of stuff in it but i don't think they really know what right uh, and um there's a call um oh, no i'm not going to get into that i was going to talk about the social dilemma but i think that's a little bit harsh to to, to bring that up so i won't bring that up but a very interesting film if you're curious about um media giants tech giants and the future and all of that but anyway um i think so AI is often sold as this sort of silver bullet. It's going to solve everything. I know that was my hope for it as an accessibility specialist. 
wouldn't engineers wouldn't have to build anymore they could just you know demand an interface and it would come served up on a plateau mm -hmm. you know bells and whistles fully accessible mm -hmm. um i know that's not the case um mm -hmm. and i think it would be nice to talk a little bit about that what are the pitfalls of ai for accessibility and what you know and considering those pitfalls what are the benefits and how do those things kind of balance out um i think it would be really nice to hear his thoughts on that what a brilliant question <laughs> that's really good thank you very much we're out of time i hope everybody's found this as interesting as i have thank you so much Bryn. pleasure really really appreciate you coming on oh, really enjoyed uh, it. guys the transcript and the um recording of this will be available after the fact like annie says and with one final thanks to Bryn, i'm going to pass you back to annie for a bit of housekeeping So thank you so much to Bryn and Robin. And um, there are lots of questions that we hope to answer online in the next few days. And you'll receive an email with the link to, to that page. Um, so just a bit more information that might be of interest to you. Um, we also run online training sessions on digital accessibility and you can find out more about them at abilitynet.org.uk forward slash training. Um, you can use a 10% off discount code, which is available to registrants of this particular webinar, um, which is 10 Sainsbury's, one zero Sainsbury's. Um, and then you can also, um, if you could move on to the next slide, please, Sarah. Thank you. Um, you can also sign up to our e-newsletter um, for the latest announcements about digital accessibility. Uh, visit our YouTube channel and don't download our podcast. And um, don't forget about our next webinars, which are um, available at abilitynet.org.uk forward slash webinars. The next session is on the 20th of October, which is how to do accessible social media. Um, and followed by the next Accessibility Insights chat on the, uh, the 10th of November, when we're joined by Christopher Patno, who heads up the digital accessibility team at Google. So thank you, Bryn, Robin, and everyone that's joined us, and we'll be in touch with you soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks, guys. <laughs>